Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Two Scene Podcast. Welcome, first time listeners, to the Two Scene Podcast, a podcast where two journalists sit down and talk baseball. This is your host, Tyler Foy, and this is actually me coming in from the post editing process. And I wanted to apologize um, for the audio quality, which had seemed uh, to have fallen off of a cliff this episode. There was issues um, that we did not figure out uh, until we had finished recording. And of course, we weren't just going to have one hour and whatever minutes, you know, go to waste here. Um, So I just wanted to come in, you know, apologize for that. I hope you guys still enjoy the episode. It was a great conversation about the American League and our predictions for this season. Um, But yeah, I just want to address that first and I hope you guys can forgive us. Well, we'll figure that out for the next episode. um, So you guys don't have to listen to us in like a fishbowl. But um, yes, I hope you guys enjoy. and, uh, And here's the episode. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Two Scene Podcast, the podcast where two journalists sit down and talk baseball. I am your host, Tyler Foy, and with me, as always, is the wonderful Camilo Fonseca. And there's been much that has happened (laughs) since the last time we recorded, Um, but we're happy that the season is about to start uh, by the day that we're recording. It's going to start tomorrow as of Thursday. Um, and, uh, Camilo, what's, what's the level of excitement for you as, as we're heading into the season? I'm ready. You know, it's, uh, it's been a while since we, uh, had, well, no, it hasn't been a while actually since we've had meaningful baseball, depending on, I guess, depending on where you, uh, sit on that sort of fence. I think we've had meaningful baseball for a couple weeks now, but that's only made me more excited to see, um, you know, everybody back on major league baseball fields again. Yeah, and, and before we get into so this episode's really going to be centered around our, our predictions going into this season, uh, who we think is going to win the division, who we think is going to win the World Series even. Uh, we're going to try to fit that all into this episode. But before we get into that, what Camilo is alluding to is the, uh, the WBC, the World Baseball Classic that took place um, over this spring training. And... There's a large amount of people, I guess not even large, I feel like it's a very niche amount of group uh, of people that believe that the World Baseball Classic doesn't matter, but wow. Before we get into it, why don't we talk a little bit about our reactions to the WBC and uh, how we believe the spectacle was. And we actually both had a chance to at least go to a game um, in Miami uh, where one of the groups, Group D, was playing, and, and it was exciting for sure, but Camille, I would love to start with where you sit on it. I thought it was incredible. You know, it's, for the longest time, the WBC, I think, has been seen as sort of like a, not a joke, but sort of an ancillary, you know, thing that's not really relevant to Major League Baseball. It's kind of like, you know, an extra thing that we get to enjoy every couple of years. Uh, but we hadn't seen it since 2017, so I think a lot of people were very excited for it to come back. And this, in terms of just in terms of raw viewership, like in terms of the numbers, this is the most successful WBC ever in terms of, you know, fan interest, uh, TV viewership, um, even just just media attention in general. I think it really had an, an outsized importance in terms of growing the game internationally, uh, which I know I'm super passionate about and, and uh, interested in. And we just got like some great games of baseball, like that. Um, <laughs> that spectacular. That Venezuela game, Venezuela United States game that I know you were at. I was watching it on TV, and it was, I 
I have a hard time thinking of the last time that a baseball game that I watched was that uh, good. Um, just getting the best of every country, um, is even you know the United States, which in the in the past has struggled to attract top tier major league players. You know, seeing Mike Trout, uh, Trey Turner uh, come up big for their country, and obviously you have all the other international stars as well. That was something special. You know, I was very excited that I got the chance to go see a game myself, and I'm so excited for 2026 because it's going to be even bigger. Yeah, I think you you encapsulated a lot of what I would have said about the tournament. Uh, obviously, when I I have been to many games at Marlins Park, or well now known as Lone Depot Park. Um, terrible name, one of the the worst, <laughs> probably the worst name there is in in MLB parks. But um, I've never seen it that electric in my life. And I went to the 2016 All Star Game that was there. Um, so going to Venezuela versus United States. I mean, just electric. It was electric. I don't know what other words I really can ex- express. Um, it's kind of like you have to be there sort of thing. And the game itself was one of the best games I've ever seen. Uh, one of the most memorable for sure. And the viewership numbers were through the roof. The passion was through the roof. And it was... <laughs> it really does rival October. Yeah, I mean, just in terms of raw viewership, the uh, Japan versus Korea game, um, which was a group stage. It was a group game. stage game, but that matchup is the most watched baseball game uh, since 1980. Like any baseball game, I think it was like a game of the 1980 World Series. Since then, there have not been more viewers for a single baseball game than that group stage game uh, between Japan and Korea. And obviously, those are two countries with very strong baseball uh, traditions. But even to see, you know, the USA Japan game was one of the most watched in recent history. I think we're not the only ones that are excited about it, which is really cool. And right before we get into the predictions here, um, what was your favorite moment of the WBC? If you had to pick one. Oh my gosh, that, um, there were really so many that I think in terms of my own personal investment, that Trey Turner Grand Slam was just, that was something else, you know, because that entire game was just back and forth and back and forth. And then to see uh, Trey Turner come up and, and deliver that uh, and send Lone Depot wild was incredible. I think also the uh, walk-off at the end of Japan-Mexico was great. That's another all-time uh, game just because of the passion that you know both teams had going in. Mexico especially because a lot of people don't even realize the, the strength of the baseball tradition that's in Mexico and the strength of that team, but they really showed up on... Well, they were a big surprise. They were they were a big surprise um, for a lot of people. And I... I am... Nearly beat Japan. They nearly were in the finals. And exactly. it would have been interesting to see how the United States faced off against Mexico with Mexico already had beating them in the first game. But, of course, that team kind of like... The United States team got stronger and stronger and stronger through the tournament as they went. Absolutely. Um, and I think a large part of that is because... Uh, maybe their values changed as they went. So like, just like how spring training is and you build up, build up in spring, um, I don't think they really were taking it all too serious in game one. And then once they lost, they were like, oh my God, well, we can't have that. Right, exactly. And the U.S. came very close um, to, they they were two runs away from not advancing to past the group stage. 
Um, and that would have been catastrophic. So, oh, but I mean, the, the sheer amount of investment that was in that, you know, United States, Columbia. Mark DeRose is great. the worst manager. Yeah, I think time. I think the Team USA will need to make some better coaching decisions going forward. But it was, I, I think the you're certainly right. As the tournament went on, the players really embraced the importance and the energy that a tournament like this needs. I'm surprised in your favorite moments you didn't mention Shohei Otani versus Mike Trout to end the WBC. Oh, yeah. I mean, we we both saw that together. That was, I mean, we both said it. It's a literal, you know, the script writers for this storybook moment were, um, it's something that you would see in a movie Mm -hmm. that would never... You know, two of the best players of all time squaring off in the final at bat of a championship game, potentially one of them being the winning run, you know, the other one trying to hold on to a lead. It's, it's, that's the sort of incredible storylines that we get to see, you know, at the World Baseball Classic. I'm so glad that, that people are, are getting excited about this for what it really is. Yeah, and, and, and speaking of scripts and storylines, we're going to be giving you guys our scripts that we have been given by MLB, right? That, oh, right, yeah. That we have for this season while we're making our predictions here. Uh, who's going to win the divisions and who's going to win each series of the playoffs? Here we go, Camilo. This is our big moment, the biggest moment that we have every single year. And why don't we start as we always do? The Oakland the- Athletics, 2023 World Champions. I don't remember that way starting. Mm, but... It's 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 a twist ending. Uh, that would be a twist ending, <laughs> but where we could have a lot of twist endings is the American League East, just because yes, yeah. of how we think it could shape up. And Camila, I'd love to start with just discussing the teams in the division, how they have changed, um, and. Try to make it a little bit brief on each one. If we don't touch on certain aspects of a diff- of a certain team, um, please don't get too offended. Uh, we're just in the interest of time here. Uh, but I think to start, why don't we discuss the Toronto Blue Jays? Because as you might have remembered, we had them winning the division last year. In fact, I had them in the World Series last year, and they heavily disappointed in the playoffs in a collapse yes. of collapses against the Mariners. One of the all-time biggest chokes of of uh, postseason, certainly of division series history. So it was incredible. But yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, so they lost some pretty big hitters. They lost Teoscar Hernandez. They lost Lourdes Gurriel. Uh, and they catcher prospect, Gabriel Moreno, although they have Alejandro Kirk, which is why they could have traded him away and afforded that. Um, but in the same way, what really failed them was the pitching staff. It was that bullpen. Once, um, I believe, it was Barrios who came out of the game. Or was it Gosman? It was Gosman who came out of that game, right? And the bullpen just absolutely got thrashed. Um, and also, there was a managerial decision on whether or not to leave the starter in that game. And they should not have left the starter in that game because it ended up being uh, one of the biggest deciding factors. But they actually bolstered it uh, with... Chad Green, and Eric Swanson's a guy that I kind of like, as well as grabbing Chris Bassett from the Mets. Um, And in terms of that depth on that team, they are still going to have some pretty decent uh, hitters in in Dalton Varsho. He's a great fielder. He's a catcher and a center fielder. 
Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer is going to be patrolling center field whenever he gets a chance to play out there. Um, and we know his fielding ability. Yeah. And Brandon Belt! First time he's not in San Francisco. Brandon Belt's going to be on this Toronto Blue Jays team. The Blue Jays are so tough. And they're tough for the same reason that this whole division is tough. I, I feel that there isn't a clear team that went that won the offseason over any of the others um i can you tell know. you who lost oh go ahead go ahead no 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 uh i mean i'm sure we will get to that but um especially for you know the top three last year that made it to the postseason the jays yankees and rays you know it's hard to say which one really has the advantage over the other because all of them or i i suppose the jays and yankees in particular um lost a lot and were able to add a lot as well so it's really the question of which of those additions um, will have the most impact which of those losses have the most impact um, you're right pitching is, is certainly something that they were struggling with last year um, we have to see what role Yusei Kikuchi uh, will have in that rotation um, whether it will be any more reliable than what it was last year um, uh, green a view out till middle of the year is not going to be great for them. Yeah. But obviously this team is built on offense, you know. Uh, Guerrero, Bichette. Um, we have to... I, I wonder how much those losses will affect them in that sense. You know, I don't think... I don't think it's going to. Just because of how strong they are um, in that department, right? Teoscar's going to be a huge loss. He was an all-star last year. Um, but... Can they live without him? Well, seeming they they believe so. They believe so, and I think that I'm in the same department of, yeah, I think they can definitely make do. Uh, I think some of their hitters are definitely going to need to show off some of the promise. I mean, Bo Bichette is one Biggio, uh, certainly. Biggio, Biggio has been a terrible performer out there in Toronto since coming up, and I'll be interested whether or not he can find his stroke a little bit. Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman last year came over there, didn't do too hot. He's going to need to pick it up. And do I think he can? Yeah, I, I do think Matt Chapman can. Um, the problem is, I don't know if he will. Yeah, that's the thing with this Blue Jays team, is there is certainly a lot of promise on a lot of these players. But, you know, we've been saying the same thing for two to three years. When is that going to translate into results? You know, how long are we going to be sitting here waiting for Bo Bichette to... Take over. Take over, exactly. Because we've been saying the same thing about him for two years. And, you know, if it doesn't happen after this year, at what point do it, is it a lost cause, you know? One thing that I will say about this team is I think it is very injury-proof, which is going to help them over 162 games. I think they have a lot of depth in, in from their bench to their minor leaguers that are, you know, quadruple-A players, as we call them, that are going to be bouncing up and down. So they get a couple hits uh, to their staff. I do think they can rebound. They have pitching depth. I won't say that the quality is there, but the depth surely is yeah. there. Um, so, like as I mentioned, over 162 games, that's going to be a pretty, pretty big factor um, in, in, in their running for winning the division. Um, but, you know, <laughs> Bo Bichette hasn't been the shortstop that many have wanted him to be. Uh, but this there is, is a, year. This but is there year. is a shortstop that is in the division <laughs> that is quite good and has a lot of promise to Isaiah him. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, yes. 
I'm so glad we get a chance to talk about him. I don't know if that's where I was going. (laughs) (laughs) But the Tampa Bay Rays, which is a team that I know you're quite fond of, had done... Really? Have they done anything, Camila? What'd they do over this offseason? Um, they did a grand total of, of nothing. Um, with the exception of signing Zach Eflin, which I do think was a very important pickup. The Rays always, you know, whether they're good or they're bad, they're very hard to qualify at the beginning of the season. Um, because, you know, they're always sort of these turnover, these uh, uh, platoon players, like this year we lost Jimon Choi, uh, Ryan Yarbrough, um, Mike Zanino went over to Cleveland, um, those were integral parts of, um, or at least Choi and Zanino were integral parts of the lineup in the past couple of years, so is that production to be able to replace, to be replaced? Um, I think so, uh, because I think the big problem with the Rays last year, who, again, last year the Rays were a playoff team, obviously they didn't get very far in the playoffs, um, but the Rays were the most injured team last year by a significant margin um, in terms of days on the IL. So assuming that this team can stay healthy, and in particular people like not just Wander Franco, Brandon Lau, uh, who had two all-star caliber seasons um, the last time he was healthy, people like Manuel Margot, assuming they can all stay healthy for a reasonable amount of time, I think this is a, another playoff team. The pitching... Uh, is always there. That's something that we don't need to be concerned about. Losing Yarbrough but gaining Eflin, I think, is a net benefit, uh, especially on the deal that Eflin is signed to, which I think is a complete bargain. Um, obviously, getting Glasnow back in, I think, May or maybe early June will be a big boon. And then Shane McClanahan, Jeffrey Springs, Drew Rasmussen, I think those are all... If those were the only three reliable starters in the rotation, I think we'd be set. Um, So as long as the players in the lineup stay healthy, that will be the key for this team to get back to the postseason for the fifth consecutive time, I'll add. Congratulations, congratulations. Um, the one World Series appearance in that, and, and that's something to be proud of. I know that I, you might not think of it to be too fond of a time, <laughs> but it is. I mean, winning the pennant is huge. I mean, being the best team, albeit in a Mickey mm-hmm. Mouse season, but, you know, it, it, is, <laughs> it, it is something to be proud of. And um, there's another team in this division that hasn't won a pennant since uh, 2009, and that team has a quite a load of stars, uh, but can they put it all together, I guess, is the major question. The New York Yankees, a team that we are not quite fond of, not particularly, um, no. has done a pretty good offseason. I felt like their team didn't need to do much, right? I don't think they really needed to do much, just because they weren't off the marks. Um, they re-signed Aaron Judge after... He, he was about to go to, to San Francisco, apparently. They brought back Rizzo, and mm-hmm. they signed Carlos Rodon from the San Francisco Giants. Uh, and I think that was the move they needed to make um, because they needed another ace, or they needed another top pitcher in the league. And they went out and they got that pitcher. It was a pitcher that I was hoping if the Red Sox were a little trying to be a little more competitive, they would have went out and bought Carlos Rodon. But you got lucky. I kind of did. I mean, why don't you explain why I might have gotten lucky? Well, so Rodon is out until May. Um, obviously, who, Carlos Rodon getting injured, who would have imagined that? You know, um, 
Assuming Rodon comes back in May and stays healthy, I think this is a great deal for them. And it will certainly be great for their rotation. The thing with me, and I think you might disagree, is I think this is a team that everything went right for them last year in terms of, obviously, Judge in 62, or, or in, but even beyond that, they were doing everything right, and I don't know if that is going to be the case this year. Obviously, it's still a very strong lineup. Aaron Judge is going to do uh, what he does. If Stanton is healthy, which it looks like he will be, um, he'll be great as well. Pitching is the big question, because Rodon is obviously very injury-prone. Montas has barely pitched for them since he came back, and when he has, he hasn't been particularly good. Um, so right now, it's looking like Garrett Cole and Nestor Cortez are what their that rotation is really leaning on, which obviously is a great, you know, one-two punch to be leaning on. But I don't know. I'm I'm very ambivalent about this team because obviously they've shown that they know how to win, but I'm not totally convinced that that will translate into results. Yeah, and I think I agree. Um, I know you didn't know what I was, what I had might have had prepared for the Yankees, but don't forget that the Yankees at one point had a what was it, a thirty-plus game advantage or something mm-hmm. like an insane game differential. Uh, win differential, sorry, um, at, in August. And then things started to, you know, the curtain started being pulled back. They started to lose. That team was so streaky in the sense where they, when they were hot, they were hot, and when they were not, they were not. Right. And a lot of it relied on a very powerful Aaron Judge season to carry them through them. There was many pivotal home runs he had hit, and I know one player does not make the difference on a massive MLB roster but I think they I think you're right with the way that they got lucky I mean think about Anthony Rizzo to start last season was one of the best players in the major leagues do I think Anthony Rizzo is going to come out of the season (laughs) this year and be one of the best players in the major leagues no maybe it'll be somebody else on the Yankees that are that that's just lining up to be one of the best for the first month Mm -hmm. but I agree that things went right and it was very apparent when the season came down to it and they only won by seven games. And seven games is a lot, but it's not as much as it could have been. But they should have been better where they were at halfway point. And the last half of the season really showed their true colors. Yes, absolutely. And there are still a lot of question marks, even on the roster as it is right now. Harrison Bader being out, you know, we're not exactly sure when he'll come back. Um when you're relying on Aaron Hicks to be a major part of your outfield, um, that's not a good that's not a good look. I think that they are going to have to figure out that situation quickly, um, and they certainly have the depth to do so. I don't know. I'm also I also just don't trust Aaron Boone to to be a he's a, another manager that I think was kind of shielded from some of his decisions last year because of the performance of his players. I don't know that that's going to be the case this year. Yeah, a lot of question marks about this uh, this roster, as you mentioned, and about Aaron Boone's ability to make the most of the roster. Um, but when I think about question marks, I think about a team that I'm texting a bunch of question marks to all my family <laughs> and friends about, and that is the Boston Red Sox, the epitome of a question mark. 
And um, <laughs> what do I think they're going to do this season? Well, listen, they gra- they lost Xander Bogarts. That's huge. That's massive. J.D. Martinez, Evaldi, you can really really just kiss 2018 goodbye. And that's okay, because really 2018 is so far away from us now. Although I think that Red Sox fans uh, can agree that we hold on to it quite dearly, um, as it was our most recent World Series win. But what the Red Sox did, other than lose those players, was they added an, an arsenal of players um, that are quite injury-prone, but are decent, okay? I can't... I was pretty furious midway through, but watch, but through analysis and, and seeing them in spring training, I couldn't have been, you know... I couldn't hate it. I couldn't hate it. They added Adam Duvall. They put together a a roster with with getting Mondesi, grabbing Masataka Yoshida, who really showed his colors uh, yes, through the WBC. The WBC. WBC All Star. You know, 13 RBI. You know, most RBIs in WBC history in a single tournament. Yu Chang was an MVP yes. of his pool, and he actually made the major league roster for the Red Sox. Um, I was a little disappointed that Jorge Alfaro didn't make the roster. Uh, I really thought that he could have been a, a decent breakout catcher for us, actually, with his power and the metrics of him going to the monster. It could have been really good. Who is it right now? Is it um, Connor Wong and, um, and McGuire? Reese, Reese McGuire. McGuire. Okay, is the two catchers. For I'm the sure that, that Alfaro will get the chance over the the course of the season to come up, um, because you're right. He is absolutely a major league. Uh, level talent. He showed that in the WBC. He showed that last year with the Padres. Um, Yu Chang, especially, I think that that answers a real... For me, the, the big question mark for the Red Sox uh, was at first base, you know. Um, and I think that that has been, you know, addressed relatively well with Yu Chang. Bobby Delbeck sent down to the minors, obviously. I wouldn't have um, said that was the biggest question mark. Uh, not, um, maybe not the biggest. A big question mark. Well, the a team big is, question mark and a, one that's been a question mark for a while, I should say. A big question mark on a team filled with tiny question marks. And more tiny question marks is <laughs> Kike Hernandez is our shortstop. Trevor Story's not there into the end, uh, the, the halfway point of the season. Justin Turner was signed to to hold down the DH position slash first base. They could platoon him uh, and switch him. And when he, when Devers needs to be out, he can go play third. Um, they also got Corey Kluber. He's going to be opening day starter. So um, I, don't, I tell you what, I don't hate as as someone who had Corey Kluber on their team last year. I don't hate that pickup for the Red Sox at all. I think he's still a, a reliable pitcher. You know, maybe not an opening day starter. But, but to me, the biggest question mark this Red Sox team has had ever since uh, Craig Kimbrell has left, there has been no closer to this lineup. And now we have Kenley Jansen. You know, maybe a little bit of an overpay, a bit of an overpay, $16 million per year for, for two years. That's a, bit, that's a bit much. That's a bit much. But we have him and Chris Martin, who was another reliever they picked up. They also got a few other relievers. Richard that, Blyer. Richard Blyer, big lefty arm. Um, so, did they get overall better, I think, is the question you have to ask. <sighs> Maybe. I don't know. See, I think they, if you look at the offseason from the point, starting at the point that Xander Bogarts was no longer on this team, yes, I think they got better. But I think the sheer amount of value that Bogarts brought to this team has not been replaced. 
Yeah, definitely some leadership. They try to get the leadership from Justin Turner. We'll have to see how it plays out. We do need to move on a little bit uh, to the Baltimore Orioles. And I think we can keep it a little brief on them. They are obviously very young. Did they? I think they overperformed last year. Although only finishing fourth, I do think they overperformed last year a bit early on, on that. And did they do really anything to, to kind of... Um, push for it yes they went out and they got kyle gibson he's their opening day starter so they they think kyle gibson's the race adam (laughs) frazier is gonna be on that team and james mccann who has failed to to, um be a mets catcher is now on baltimore those are pretty big players that can do well if they break out and do what they've peaked at um will they is another question um but yeah i I do think that they did it had a pretty decent offseason but not one to really impress me too much. It's really just going to be up to, I hope that they, well, I, I don't know if I hope, but that their prospects continue to develop the way that they have been. Yeah, I mean, Baltimore is so tough because you saw all the problems that these young players had. Uh, at Lee Rutschman, obviously, but even beyond him, um, I think there's so many players here that have so much raw talent it's a question of whether they are going to be able to replicate um, the sort of magical season that they had last year in a division as strong as the AL East. I want to say no. But the other thing is the teams at Baltimore is not going to be playing the rest of the AL East as much as it was last season. So maybe it's not going to have those sort of uh, matchups against um New York, Tampa, Toronto, all the time, like it was last year, maybe there will be a little bit of, of feasting on the um, the lesser teams in the American League or in the National League, you know? Well, you're, you're right about that. And why don't you educate for those who are not um, knowledgeable on, on the new scheduling rules this season, what's, what's happening this year? So this year is the first time that every team is going to play every other team, not only in the American League, but also in the National League. It used to be, I think, uh, teams were rotated, I think, every four years. They would play a team. They would have to play another team in the National or American League, in the opposite league, that is. Yeah. Um, Because every team will be playing every other team, those sort of division matchups are going to be less frequent, whereas you were playing every team, I think, 14 times a season. It's going to be... Um, I'm not sure. I think it's around 10. But essentially there will be a whole series against each division rival that's eliminated. For these teams like Baltimore that are in very, very strong divisions, you know, with other teams, I think that can only be a benefit. Yeah. Obviously, we don't know how much of a benefit that will be because maybe they're not playing uh, the Yankees for an extra series but yeah. they're playing the Mets now. Yeah, so we don't know what the benefit's going to be, but we're going to make a little prediction on what we think is going to happen in this division, and why don't we start with our division prediction for the American League East. Um, I will start. I will have the Blue Jays winning the division, and I had them winning last year's division, and they disappointed me a little bit. And they could disappoint me again, because it's really close. Um we said all the reasons why we thought the Yankees uh, might have overperformed a little bit last year. Um, but I don't think all those things are going to come into play again. And they're still going to be a really good baseball team. But the Blue Jays, to me, 
their depth is where they're going to win. They're going to win off the back of if somebody gets hurt, somebody else can come in, plug and play, plug and play all season long. It's a long, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I don't think the Blue Jays are better built for the postseason than the Yankees. But I do think the Blue Jays are better built for 162. And for that reason, they're going to win the division. The Yankees are going to come second, um, a close second, I firmly believe. And it's going to be off the backs of um, some great relief pitching. I think their bullpen is criminally underrated, and I think it showed last year. Uh, not a lot of household reliever names. Not that any relievers are household names uh, to begin with, besides a, a few. But they're going to come second. And then the Rays. Listen, I'm a big Rays doubter, apparently. <laughs> and it's just simply because, and I think you can agree, they do some outrageous things, and they have some outrageous players sure. that are only good in Tropicana, and then when they leave, they're gone, and they're, they're done with their careers. Uh, making the most out of veterans is something that they have perfected. And I think they still finish third in this division, and, and you might disagree, but I do. And then the Red Sox will finish fourth above the Baltimore Orioles. Um, I'm just trying to be a little hopeful that they can. They finished last last year, but I think they come out on top with their – um, acquisitions and the Blue, Baltimore Orioles will will finish last in this division. So for me, any of the I could see any of the top three teams being in any order. Um, that's something I was getting at earlier. I think all of these teams have their strengths and they have their weaknesses. I'm gonna agree with you that I think Toronto is is best suited for 162 game uh, run. Um, the Yankees I have in second. The Rays I have in third. But really, if you told me if you told me that the Rays were on top and the the Blue Jays were on bottom, I would be completely uh, I would not be surprised at all. I think at the end of the season, uh, the space between first and third is going to come down to ten games, maybe less, um, which will make it very interesting. I think all three of those teams are making the postseason. Uh, the where I differ from you is I think I have Baltimore over Boston just because I think Baltimore has shown, um, they, I mean, they showed last year that they are a, a very strong, young, promising team. I don't know that uh, Boston, especially Sands, Xander, um, can meet that same level of production. Obviously, you pointed out there were some pickups that were made. I just don't see that having the same impact. They'll that. show you. They'll show you. They'll show you. <laughs> that a single player they might be, not be a team. young, ambitious team, but they're an old, ambitious team, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their knees won't give out. <laughs> they will stand tall in fourth place. <laughs> um, a lot of question marks in this division. Um, and that, that's our takes on that. But So this division has a lot of question marks. But one that doesn't exactly have the same ones uh, is the American League Central. Uh, the garbage of the American League, as it always is, or it always turns out to be. Um, but really last season, the biggest story was the Cleveland Guardians, right? And how they were able to surprise so many people, which I had them not finishing even remotely close to top of the division and here they are and then their postseason was quite nearly took down the yankees um so a lot to to kind of dissect there on whether or not it was an overperformance um so what did they do in the offseason well they didn't do much but they did make their offense just that little bit stronger 
Um, and that was a big issue, right? Their pitching was phenomenal in the playoffs. Um, they won a game in extras that had no runs, though, right? And, and that was, like, one of the biggest stories with uh-huh. their game was they, this team can't score. Um, so they grabbed Mike Zunino, who is a power catcher. He's not going to hit for average, and I think you know that. Right. Um, but he can definitely help out in a couple ways. Uh, in the same way, they picked up Josh Bell. And Josh Bell is a player that I've liked for a long time, and I don't know if he's shown it fully. He's a switch-hitting first baseman who can really hit for power from both sides of the plate. And if things go well and he can start making contact a little more, just a little bit more, he's an all-star player for sure. And I think it's an underrated move grabbing Josh Bell. And that that's really all they've, they've done. Um, did they need to do a lot? Could they have done more? What was their budgets, right? I don't know what they were working with, but I think they did all right at addressing a problem. Yeah, for sure. I, I think the way that this lineup is constructed is so interesting because it really is a lot of of players that hit for contact and then you go out and get Mike Zanino and Josh Bell which are you know the complete opposite um I think I Terry Francona is a great manager obviously a hall of fame manager um this team did what it needed to do to win the division and we'll get into why when we get into some of the other teams in this division um but obviously, assuming all its pitching stays healthy, which, you know, I, I don't really think at this point will be a problem, um, this team is winning this division relatively easily, I think. Yeah, and and, um, and I think so as well. The Cleveland pitching factory, as I've called it, is still immaculate. Their bullpen is comprised of some wonderful arms in there that aren't exactly great names, but like Classe. Classe is one of the best closers in baseball. Absolutely. Karen Jack is a, a, Com- is a criminally new, underrated also, relief pitcher. Also insane. That guy's crazy. Have you ever watched him pitch? Yeah. That guy's nuts. He's always touching his hair, though. I wonder how much his sweat... Like, he combines sweat and the rosin to make a, a sort of sticky substance. Um which every other player has been doing, and he makes damn well use out of it. Um, their, their rotation is really good. They got Shane Bieber, one of the best pitchers in baseball. My question, Mark, is how is Tristan McKenzie going to do? You know, I, I don't know um, how long he's injured for, um, and also if he can be that prospect, but their pitching has been, pitching coaching has been really good, so I, I have to believe that he will be decent. Quantrill, and even um, Cervelli and um, and Zach Klesak is, is a really good way to round out a, a five-man rotation. They're going to probably win the division, um, even though we're not exactly doing that yet, um, because there's some teams that have criminally <laughs> underperformed yes. um, in this division, and I'd love to start with the one that has disappointed me. Disappointed me. I am saying this so assertively. The Chicago White Sox has probably been my biggest disappointment in the last three seasons. Um, they are a team that I've been so high on. High on their <laughs> prospects, high on their pitching, and they have done everything in their right to lose my faith. And I don't know if they've, if if they've lost the faith of their fans in, in the South Side, but my goodness, the White Sox, what are you doing? All you've done this offseason, you've added Andrew Benintendi. That's fantastic. He's going to hit 
270 and make a couple cool plays in the outfield. Um, other than that, you lost your best hitter. One of your best hitters. Most consistent. Jose Abreu is mm-hmm. out. Johnny Cueto, eh, you know, he's gone. He was okay. But what's really pressing, <laughs> what's really pressing is who the heck is pitching in that team? Lucas Giolito, fallen off a cliff. Ever since they made the sticky substance uh, rules change, he has fallen off a cliff. He was an abuser. Uh, to my knowledge, that, that's what I, that's my speculation. Right? <laughs> he can't pick it up since then. Lance Lynn, that guy's an animal. Okay, he's going to be a race this season. You don't have Carlos Rodon anymore. You lost him last season. You had a chance to pick him back up. You didn't. You know why? Because you're cheap. You're cheap. You're not spending the money to help this team improve and to build around the prospects like Louis Robert, who's been injured but hasn't performed. Eloy Jimenez, been injured, hasn't performed even when he's there. Okay? You've, like, I just don't see it. I don't see it, and they've disappointed me, and I'm angry about it. I keep betting on them, and they keep losing me my respect. Wow. That was the ad. That was Shakespearean right there. Um, look, I mean, I agree with you. I I had the White Sox winning the division last year. Um, yeah, colossally disappointing last year. The only thing that I, I wonder is if how much better they will be without Larusa managing. Um, you have to wonder if that's part of what was maybe stifling the play of these players like Mancada, Eloy Jimenez. But also, if you're injured all the time, you're also not going to have that sort of impact on your team. Um, You know, Mancada is is still a question mark. Um, Liam Hendricks, unfortunately, is uh, probably out for the season um, because of the diagnosis that he received. Um, So yeah, other than... You know, a couple names like like Dylan Cease, Lance Lynn. Pitching is a big question mark, aside from uh, Luis Robert, Mancada, who are already, you know, big question marks. Who's hitting on this team? I don't know. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I mean, Tim Anderson's going to be having to be the captain. He's the captain of that team now. Uh, and it was... He probably was in the locker room before, but I think collectively people believed it was Jose Abreu was their guy, uh, their veteran, their leader. Uh, but Tim Anderson is is in control now of the ship. And Dylan Cease, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned him because he was one of the best pitchers in baseball last year. I'm pretty high on Dylan Cease. I just don't think he's going to be able to carry this team in the way that I agree. It, it needs to be done. Uh, without Liam Hendricks, I like like a couple players in this bullpen I like. I don't like them as a collective without Liam Hendricks. Liam Hendricks is huge to them, um, although he has faltered last year. He, he wasn't, um, in a couple of years, he's been blowing a lot more saves recently. But, listen. Graven will be fine, but you're right. No, no, no I agree. The, the only thing that I wonder is if Giolito is able to get back to the place where he was a couple of years ago. Well, he's not know. using those sticky stuff. Well, right, right, right. No, I, I just wonder, you know, is there a way, if he comes back, how much does that change their outlook? I, w- I would say not enough, but that's an interesting question. I think, I don't know. Yeah, and you know, the the White Sox haven't been winning. They're a 500 baseball team, the the most 500 baseball team any team has ever been. in the Historic, history. Historically oh. 500. In the history of the game. Yes. Um, so they struggle to get wins. Another team that struggles to get wins is the Minnesota Twins. 
Um, which is funny because Wynn is in their name, uh, but they can't do it. They can't do it. The Twins, they had an interesting offseason uh, with the Car- Carlos Correa drama that was going around. Carlos Correa still on the Minnesota Twins. Uh, believe it or not, crazy. Uh, but they did add Pablo Lopez, so they added a pitcher. They added Christian Vasquez uh, to the catching depth. Uh, Joey Gallo is on this team, which is really interesting with the shift being removed. I think he's like the number one guy people are talking about, like, oh, the shift's gone. Well, what's going to happen to Joey Gallo? Uh, there's a bunch of lefties out there, guys, okay? Let's stop with the whole... But if you see what they did in spring training against Joey Gallo, they did a quasi-shift, the outfield shift. That was the Red Sox. They pioneered Was that, that. the Red Sox? Yeah. yeah. So we have to... You also have to ask, you know, how much is that... Is there even really going to be a change, truly, in how people are, are shifting or not shifting to Joey Gallo? I don't know. Um, and then they also uh, acquired Kyle Farmer, and, I, and that's not a big one, but it's just for depth, okay? Their depth That's a good depth, depth thing, yeah. Um, but they lost Gio Urshela, um, which had a, he had a decent season over there, um, as well as Luis Arias. I love Luis Arias. He hit, fun, he hit two home runs against the United States in the Venezuela-United States game. He had six or seven home runs all year last year, and he had two in that one game. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Well, that's just because he's only going to hit five this year, but, you know. Um, uh, no, that that probably was really nice to some Miami fans, watching him hit two home runs in Lone Depot Park. Um, but this guy is a, a, batting t- a perennial batting title competitor, right? This guy is going to hit for average every single time. That's what he does. You've lost a guy that effectively is consistent. He was your leadoff hitter. So I'm a little confused why. Out of all the people they chose to lose for Pablo Lopez, that was the one they went with. Um, Pablo Lopez is going to be good. I just but is they... he going to be right? The question is 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 he the value of a Luis Arias? I would venture to say no. I, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think he is. Um, but Pablo Lopez is going to be a, a hopeful guy for them. Um, Sonny Gray and 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 one of the people I like on this rotation a lot is is Joe Ryan. I love Joe Ryan. Joe yeah. Ryan's is really good. A couple guys in their in their uh, bullpen that I like is Emilio Pagan. I think he he's gonna do better than he's been doing uh, since his Padre season. He had like one good year and it's been that, but I think he can find it. I do like a couple things about him, um, as well as Jorge Lopez. He was traded there um, at the halfway point from the Orioles, who were capitalizing off of his success. Uh, he's probably gonna be decent. Uh, and I actually think he should be the closer over the guy that's their closer on the depth chart, which is um, Joan Duran. And um... yeah, I mean, I'd agree with you. I I have to say, I think this is a stronger team, um, at least maybe not stronger, more balanced team than it was last year. Also, so, let's play our favorite game here. How many games does Byron Buxton play this season? Oh yeah, well I mean that. That determines whether they're, you know, fighting for the division or fighting for relegation. You know, I'm going to keep this clip. I'm going to go a hot 106 games. 106. Okay. 106 games. That's not terrible. No, I That's think... not terrible. Um, how many was he out last season? He was a, he was he played for most of the season last season. Yeah, he had a pretty good one, which is why I think that he's means he's good. due. That means he's due for a, a, a long injury. That's why I, I went with that. Yeah, 106, I think, is a good number for him. I think if this this is the this is 
the hot seat for Rocco Baldelli as the manager. If they don't get it done this season, if they don't get even a wild card spot this season, I think Baldelli is gone. Well, don't forget they haven't won a playoff game in over 20 years. Right. So, you know, I, even if they do make it, they're probably going to lose. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that's a good point. I Even if they do make a wild card spot, I don't see them getting particularly far I mean, in the playoffs. But there has to be some sort of progress. This is, this is another team like um, another team that we have been saying for a long while that oh they're on the edge of being competitive you know they they they're they're taking steps where where are the results you know yeah and uh, i think we do need to start wrapping up our, our central or ao central conversation so why don't we wrap it up quickly with the two teams that are going to sit at the bottom of this division um at least that's how i perceive it which is the um kansas city royals and the detroit tigers and listen Okay, the Kansas City Royals got a role as Chapman. They brought back Zach Grinke. That's cute, right? That's cute. They brought back Zach Grinke. But let's be honest here. They're not going to make any major impacts to this team um, in terms of them getting there. Bobby Witt, I'm expecting to have a, have a big season. And there's a couple of the prospects that are going to need to come up and, and play. And that's the only reason you should be watching this team is to watch Bobby Witt, and others, as they try to make a name for themselves in the sport. Um, Brady Singer is a pretty decent pitcher, and, and they're going to have to rely on him heavy. Um, but otherwise than that, I don't think there's much going on in Kansas City. I agree. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> he agrees. They're getting a new stadium, though. That'll be fun. It'll be I like their stadium to an extent. I love... I The one thing is if they get rid of... If they don't have a big... Fountain in that stadium. Oh, they are the right. city of fountains. If they don't have the fountains somewhere around there, I'll be extremely angry over that. Um, I do think we should mention that they got a new manager, Matt Quattraro, uh, former bench coach for the Rays, who I was re- I was really a fan of. I think hopefully that will. Uh, I think it's certainly improvement over Mike Matheny. You know how much that will translate in terms of wins is a big question giving well it's not really a big question i can tell you that it probably won't translate that much but it certainly is an improvement yeah. so I, I don't think this team is going in the wrong direction yeah. necessarily but and then uh aj hinch over in detroit what did they do not much they really just lost uh candelario who was a pretty big hitter for them um talk about somebody on the hot seat aj hinch you know. Well, you know, all of a sudden you don't have any more banging on trash cans and you don't also have some of the best stars in the major leagues. I don't want to... I know the Astros are still, with the, the talent he had on that team, plus all of the that's controversy. True. I mean, that's true. It I... was quite amazing. They put him in Detroit. It's like exile for him. Um, and now you're dealing with Javi Baez, who's going to hit 220 and have 35 home runs and make a bunch of errors. Although... Getting you some clips on social media, hot seat. Um, <laughs> talk about it. Eduardo Rodriguez is going to throw maybe, I don't know, a 4 fourteen four ERA this season. Uh, that's my prediction. Matthew Boyd is going to be terrible. He's not great. He was their ace two years ago, and he wasn't even a real ace. You know, this team's not great. This team won't be great. And um, that's all I really have to say about it. It's, it's managed poorly. I think AJ hasn't done a great job over there. Um, but of course, he hasn't had too many tools to work with. Right. It's also it's also on the front office. On the front which office. Was, Al Apollo was was fired last season. 
I don't know, I don't even remember who the replacement is, but we'll have to see if that new regime in the front office changes anything. You know, based off this offseason, it's kind of, kind of hard to say that they're changing anything right now, but some there's going to be some turnover at the end of the season, whether it's in the front office or yeah. if it's the manager's yeah. seat. Who knows, but... Yeah. yeah, not a lot of, not a lot of. I mean, the the only hope really is Spencer Torkelson if he figures it out this year. No. Tyler votes no. I don't think so. Nobody <laughs> can figure. Nobody can figure out their career in Detroit. Okay. Nobody can figure out their career in Detroit anymore. Detroit is not the the early 2010s Detroit. This Detroit team is bad. Okay, and then they're gonna be bad. And they're going to be as bad as the Royals. They could be better than the Royals. Hey, I don't it's really Mickey's care. last season. It's Mickey's last season. A so. Retirement tour. Um, and why don't we retire our thoughts on the American League Central? Well, let's run through it real quick, okay? Uh, we already both probably believe that the Guardians are going to finish on top. I think the, the Twins have done enough to and showed enough that they're going to finish second. White Sox will probably go 81 and 81 again, and they'll, and they'll be in, uh, in the <laughs> middle of this division with uh, Kansas City following up actually you know what i'm gonna go detroit over kansas city really okay after so... all of my angry talk about detroit and them run, being run poorly i do think um aj hinch gets it done to get fourth i mean that would be that would be impressive for aj hinch that'd be a big uh, feather in his cap to get fourth in this not very good division well they finished higher um by one game last year so yeah um you know i'm gonna go i i think the royals are there's more optimism on that team than Detroit, I think, so that's why I'm going to put them fourth. I could see it going the other way, and I honestly don't really care because neither of them are making, are even close to making the postseason. Yup, and uh, a postseason discussion for sure will have to be made in the American League West. It's going to be interesting, actually, um, but maybe not too much at the top. And why don't we start at the top with the reigning, defending, the undisputed World Series champions. The Houston Astros, a team full of stars and stars that they keep getting. And what did they do this offseason? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that stands out to me is, you know, this team is obviously stacked. Um, I don't think that they really needed to make a lot of additions. Obviously, bringing in Jose Abreu was, um, a, I think, a better replacement for Yuli Gurriel. Um, I hate Yuli too, so it, it makes it a little bit more enjoyable. I hated that guy, so... The only question mark for me is that, you know, you're not only losing Justin Verlander, you're, you're losing Justin Verlander after a literal Cy Young winning season. Okay, so. okay, yes, you're losing a Cy Young in, in Justin Verlander, but let's just run through their five rotation, if healthy. You got Framber Valdez, you got Lance McCullers, yeah, Jose or Kitty, and he's probably going to be the fifth guy in that one. Christian Javier, Luis Garcia, that five stack is insane. I, compl- I look, I completely agree. I think this team is easily winning the division. It's not a, it's not a contest. That was my mistake last season. I last, couldn't believe it. Last season, I was like, you know, maybe the Mariners have got got something. No, I was wrong. I was colossally wrong. Um, I'm not going to make the same mistake again. The Astros are a great team. I think the only, it's not even a weakness. But the the we have to wonder how much losing Verlander is going to affect that team. Probably not that much. But you know, we're trying to see both sides here. Sure. This team is built for October. This team is this team has been built for October. For a long time. They've gone to four out of the last what, six World Series? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, come on. This team is gonna be there. 
Um, well, maybe not. They're going to be in October. I'm not going to say right now whether or not they're going to be in the uh, World Series. And I also would like to mention, if you're at this point of the episode, you're probably looking at the runtime. Yeah, this one's not... We're, we're not going to get the postseason. Uh, we'll do the postseason in our next predictions episode just because that way we won't have the WBC conversation. We'll allot that time to uh, the postseason discussion. Um, we'll just finish out the divisions here. But yeah, Houston's... Uh, gonna be a threat. They're gonna be a threat all year. They're gonna you have be. To, we, we should before we go on that. We should note that Altuve's out for half the season. Half the season, if not more. You know. Yeah. Um. He, he's. He's. That's gonna definitely hurt them. But they're gonna play Mauricio Dubon over there, and he, he's a decent second baseman that they acquired for depth. Uh. So we'll see whether or not he can come through. I don't think it's gonna play a major factor they got just so many players they got jordan kyle tucker alex bregman the list goes on jeremy terrifying line jeremy pena came out of nowhere made a name for himself in the postseason last year michael brantley's getting old i'm interested to see whether or not he's even gonna how many games he's gonna play they're gonna be good and i think a question mark on to whether or not who's gonna finish second apparently for you um maybe you're less sure than i am and one of the biggest off-season moves. You mentioned Verlander going to the Mets. Well, the Mets lost the race. That's why they replaced him. The the biggest move was 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 Jacob Degrom heading over to Texas, and Avaldi heading over to Texas. Yeah, this Texas team. You know, I don't think they're contending for division championship or anything like that. But they indisputably got a lot stronger from where they were last year. Where last year they were a little bit disappointing, you know. We we thought they got that, Kyle. We spent on Kyle Seager. They spent on Marcus Semyon. Those two combined. Corey Seager. What did I say? Kyle. Kyle Seager. <laughs> Kyle Seager. You know they should hire him as some sort of coaching position. He's a veteran. He's a guy. He he's got a lot of leadership qualities. They did spend on Corey Seager. They they bought in. They bought. In. They went out and they got Martin Perez. They went out and they bought John Gray. You know, they went out this offseason. They also got Andrew Heaney. He just left the after having a career year in in Dodger Town, right? And do I think Andrew Heaney is going to perform? No. Do I think Martin Perez is going to be an all-star like he was last year? No. Do I think John Gray is going to be good? I don't really think so. So <laughs> that's where I kind of stand on this team. Nathan Navaldi, he's a coin flip. And one of the biggest question marks is, is Jacob deGrom going to be a coin flip in playing time? We know he can pitch. We damn well know he can pitch. The question is, will he pitch? And I'm unsure. I'm yeah. really unsure about this team. The rotation on paper, great. Good. It's got some depth to it. I just don't think it's going to be good enough. That's the thing, is that if, you know everything or even most things go right for that pitching it is immeasurably immeasurably better than where it was last year because you have martin perez moving from the, the, ace? Num- the ace to number three guy um you know if you can get the grom for even most of a season and then going into the postseason potentially that's in itself an incredible boon uh you're right i don't i don't really think john gray is going to be hot i think andrew heaney could maybe you know replicate some of that success year. Career year, I don't see it. Andrew Heaney was not a good player before that. He was a good player for one, a decent player for one year in Dodger Town where he had all this run support and a lot of great uh, people to kind of follow after 
Uh, in terms of pitching, I mean, I know DeGrom is a wonderful pitcher. I'm curious to know whether or not they have the same pitching leadership, though, that they'll have. There's a lot of new faces in this rotation. There's not a long-standing person, really, on this team that can really be that locker room um, leader. So that's a, that's a big question mark for me. And I think when you're pitching on a team like the Dodgers, there's a lot less pressure on you than when you're pitching for a team like the Texas Rangers, who are not going to be as loaded with superstars and winning 110 games. I don't know if he's going to have that success. I really don't. I'm not sure of it. And in terms of their lineup, I'm not sure that Corey Seager yeah. has been the guy for them. Um, and especially with his injury history, Marcus Semien injury history, they're in and out playing. Um a lot of question marks. There's a lot of question marks on this team, and I just don't think they're going to be um, definitely not competitive for the number one spot. But not only that, I don't think they're going to be competitive um, for the number two spot. Yeah, I think I, I think they'll be competitive for the number two spot. I don't, I certainly don't think it's a done deal by any means. the The thing that stands out to me is they made big improvements in the area that needed the most improvement, I think, last year, which was their pitching. Uh, again, that's all on paper. As soon as we get to, to a month into the season, we'll see if you know those people are actually pitching and performing well or whether it's it's a repeat of, of last year. Yeah, and in, in terms of the team that I think is definitely going to be in the running for, for a lot of things, um, a lot of playoff spots, a lot of maybe, 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 even the top of the division, maybe. Is the Seattle Oakland. Mariners? Oh, oh, sorry, mistake there. Mistake there. <laughs> um, yeah, the Seattle the Mar- Mariners. The Mariners improved in their offense by grabbing Teoscar and Tommy Lasella. Um, they did lose a lot, a load of players like Abraham, who went out and had a really good like breakout season for them. He was impactful. They lost a lot of guys. They lost a lot of people, but. What it really was to me is it felt like they lost a lot of baggage that might have held them back this season. You know, uh, some people that aren't the best performers that might have just had a good season last year. Um, And that kind of puts a a focus on some of the other stars and their playtime. And we'll see how that goes on. But I don't think that they've done enough to really showcase that they're... They're really buying in. But maybe it's because they really don't need to do much more than they already did. They just need to put it all together. Uh, and that's going to be a massive question mark if they can or cannot. Right. I, you know, the the pitching on, on the Mariners is great. I think they they did lose some people, but the most important people in that lineup uh, they retained, assuming Ty France has the same kind of year he had last year, Carl Raleigh, um, Eugenio Suarez, I was not expecting him to do as well as he did. Andres Munoz, it's insane that Andres Munoz on the depth chart is not their closer. That guy's one of the most electric and one of the best relievers in the game, and he will be um, one of the best relievers for a good time But that's the thing is that, you know, Paul Sewold had a great year last year. Chris Flexen had a great year. Um, Even Diego Castillo, he didn't have the best of years last year. But, you know, we've we've seen him turn him on, or at least I have in Tampa, seen him turn him on in the past. Yeah. Uh, So... Assuming that they, they are able to replicate the same sort of performances as last year, this will certainly be a competitive team. Maybe this is the second wild card? I don't know about that, just because... Yeah, and... and um, 
I think they definitely have a chance, but I think we do need to move and brush on the Angels and the Athletics. The Angels, two best players in history, the biggest storyline. Like everybody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about uh, Shohei and Mike Trout and how the Angels have been so disappointing. Uh, they went out and they acquired some players, though. They went out, they got Hunter Renfro. He hit hit 60 home runs in the last two seasons. Um, they went out and they got Gio Urshela. Gio Urshela could be pretty big, actually, if he can he can find his his stroke. Um, and play third base over there. Anthony Rendon has been obviously not a, the, the, a defender anymore. He's yeah, if they can age. get Anthony Rendon out of there, that would be ideal. Um, but Tyler Anderson had a career year, another person that had a career year in Dodgertown. And um, he goes over, he flips to the other LA team, uh, this one in Anaheim, and we'll see whether or not he could do it. And I, the same way, I'm not going to be light on Tyler Anderson, the same way that he had. The same uh, the, the qualities of the Dodger lineup behind him, um, I think that he could probably falter. But we'll see if he does. And I don't know if I believe it. I don't know if I believe it. But the team, undeniably, I think, got stronger. That's a tough thing with the Angels. That every year they're making, um, you know, maybe they're making not making the most moves or the biggest moves, but they're always making additions to improve. And we're never seeing any sort of tangible results. They also got Brandon Drury? Yeah, Brandon Drury. I don't know Drury. whether or not that's going to make an impact or not. But eh. It's possible. You know, Renfro, I think, especially is a very underrated player. Um, obviously, on a team with Otani and Trout, you're just trying to build a lineup around them. Um, that's, what, that's what they're trying to do. And still, I don't think that this team has, has, has it in them to, to really be competitive in this division. And it's a shame. You know, I want That's the it. Angels to be successful. It's a but... shame. It's it's definitely a shame. And then in Oakland, they're, they're the biggest shame. They're, they just bring out the bells and ring them. Shame, shame, shame. You know, I mean, like, they're, they're yeah, terrible. Yeah, about shame. Like you know, that. they traded away their last good player, Sean Murphy, their catcher. Uh, although they did draft uh, two catchers in the last two years, so they were preparing to get rid of them, it seemed. Um, they're disappointing. Are they even going to stay in Oakland? That's the biggest. Well, I think they're thing. just treading water. Um, that's the thing about the Angels. You know, as as good or as bad as they are, they will not be worse than Oakland. They are trash. They are the trashiest trash, um, and they'll stay to be trash as long as they are run the way that they are. Um, so does you know they they've had a lot of times that they've made wild card too in the past. I mean, that's true. Lost. I mean that they're Oakland losing. that Oakland team. What even just. Two years ago it was a very strong team. Two, three years ago, um, yeah, but that team is gone. Everyone. That's all been that's sold Dissolved. away. You know, um, but they're not going to be good. And you know what? Why don't we start there? I'm going to start when I build my division. I'm going to start from the bottom. I'm going to say the Oakland Athletics are going to finish last. And unlike where I think you believe the Texas Rangers are going to be, I have the Rangers finishing fourth. Really? With the Angels finishing on top. And actually being more competitive than most people are probably believing them to be. I think they're going to be quite competitive. Um, I don't know whether or not they get the playoff spot. That's a whole different question. Uh I think they're going to be a lot more competitive than people believe. Uh, The Mariners are going to finish second. A high second, but second. And then the Astros on top. I think this is another division that, like we were talking about with the East, is going to benefit from teams not playing as many interdivisional games that's why i'm not sure you know i obviously houston i still think houston will be on top but i don't know how much 
of a if that will be as wide of a gulf as it has been historically. I will say to be a little different and crazy. I'm going to put the Texas Rangers in second. Um, it's a it's a very ambitious second for them, but I think that they have the, well, the potential to do so if everything goes right. Everything's bigger in Texas. It's true, it's true. And, I mean, that would be a very interesting, you know, end of the season as well if both of those teams are are getting close to each other. Seattle, I'm going to put in third. Um, I If Seattle ends up in second and Texas in third, I would completely understand that. But, I don't know, I think there are just still a couple of question marks with Seattle is if they performed the same level that they did last year. Um and then the Angels, God, I would love love to say that they're competitive, but I just, I've been burned too many times on the Angels, so I can't do that. And then Oakland at the bottom, sorry. We'll see you in Las Vegas. We'll see you in Las Vegas. I, I didn't mention it. It's another big question mark is, is Shohei Otani going to be traded at the deadline? That's the thing, is that any, not even just in this, in this division, all of these division rankings could be heavily shifted. Heavily shifted. If Shohei Otani is traded. Absolutely. And um, there's our American League predictions. I know I mentioned we do all of them. Um, but I, I really underestimated how much time we'd take for each team. And, you know, I think it's well worth it. Okay. I think it allows us to give analysis where we can. Um, and, and give some light. Shine light on some teams that maybe didn't get as much light as we expected. I mean, I didn't expect to talk about the Detroit Tigers as long as I did. I thought we'd just, you know, brush over that. But I think it's important to dive into what their problems are. What are their problems? They have a lot of them. They have a lot of them. A lot of them. Um, and I hope you guys don't have a problem with us. But if you do have a problem with us, you can address these issues <laughs> on Twitter and, and contact us on uh, Twitter. I, you can find me at uh, Tyler underscore underscore Foy and Camilo. I'm at Fonseca underscore ESQ on Twitter. And if you want to hear our National League predictions and our... World Series predictions. You're going to have to tune in uh, later on this week. 